I believe stories change the world. Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 says, They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Your testimony is worth sharing because it has power. My name is Carol Oyola, host of the Overcome Today podcast, which aims to inspire and empower you to stand tall, shine in confidence, because you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Hello, Overcomers. Welcome to episode 72. I hope you're keeping well. I hope you're keeping safe. Remember, we are still in a panoramic, as I like to call it, (laughs) or rather the pandemic. So please keep wearing your masks, keep safe, um, sanitize, maintain social distance. This COVID is not joking. It's been really um, a tough month. I've seen a lot of death on my timeline on social media people are losing loved ones left right and center it is such a tough season and um my prayer for you is psalm 34 18 i hope i got it right where it says that the lord is near the brokenhearted and those crushed in spirit so remember that he has not left you nor forsaken you all right thank you so much for joining in if this is your very first time i hope you do like it here you have 71 more episodes to catch up on do not worry do not fret yeah you have joined the overcomers fam wow you guys i'm recording this really late at night and i'm tired yeah i know i as in in between parenting being a wife and having a nine to five and just planning for this podcast yanni but oh well his grace is sufficient um so this week i won't be doing my top three picks because i have such an amazing amazing guest that you guys just need to listen to and this story is so powerful that i felt um it needs the time so when I really wanted to have Jane over um, for the podcast, um, I mean, I, I had tafut at her. There was a time she had been off social media for a while. Um, but when she came back, I, you know, sent her a DM and told her, how are you game? And she was like, I am so game and I'm so glad. You guys, this story is so powerful. I know Jane personally because we were classmates or rather we were yeah, I think classmates, although we didn't do the same course, but we were classmates in Daystar University. Um, and if you don't know Jane, she is a faith-based motivational speaker, inspiring hope in the ability to rise against any odds. She holds a master's in international communications from the Communication University of China. And she's also a distinguished fellow of the International Journalism Program based in Germany. Her life took an unprecedented turn in May 2000 and 15 and i'll that i mean i'll forever remember that day after being shot by robbers resulting in paraplegia from the chest down jane has been undergoing rehabilitation in dallas texas ever since she went to the united states of america but she's kenyan at heart as nearly kenyan damu born kenyan but um went for rehabilitation in the states now during this time she has become the recipient of the dia award that is the diaspora entertainment awards and recognition as well as the mashuja awards can you see god as in already 
Yeah. She serves under Rema Gospel Church, where she is in charge of the Truckers Fellowship Ministry and a volunteer at the Neuro Fitness Foundation. She also works part-time as a logistics dispatcher. Now, Jane's story is so powerful, but not even just that, how she has been able to meet with God and just speak so much wisdom um, from her experience and how she's turned her pain. No, how God turned her pain into purpose is really the essence of all this. So listen in. for granted because I know that you know um, the seasons of our lives and the circumstances that shape who we become you know it's those seasons that do not make sense that you know shape us the most and uh, for me uh, I think this new season of my life began on um, that that day it was just a normal mm. day like any other uh, it was May the 28th I remember it was a Thursday and um, I was I was actually um, I was coming home from a church service uh, it was an evening church service and um, at that time I was I was actually uh, trying to, to find employment once again because I had, I had returned home from from doing my uh, master's um, I, I you know I was doing my master's in China so I just returned home so as I was walking as I you know I, I took a matatu from um, from town and I was you know when I alighted at uh, the place where you know just like my parents' home were a few, just like um, 300 meters or less from mm-hmm. from the bus stop. So as, as I was walking down, I noticed that it was kind of dark. And um, I remember the previous night we had a power outage. So I I figured, okay, then power must have gone out again. So, I mean, and plus I had grown up there. So it wasn't like I was afraid or, or anything. Like everybody knew everybody, you know. Uh, so as I was walking down, I remember there was one other lady who was behind me. We had taken the same ataru, but I, I, I mean, I think she, her home was closer to the bus stop than mine. So as I was walking down, just very near, like before you got to our court, there was a church. I remember it was a, an Anglican church. And um, just before that church, I saw this young man. He was like uh, doing something. I I thought maybe he was I don't know relieving himself. Uh, you know, uh, he was he was I, I, okay. I think he was trying to pee or pretending to pee. And um, when I saw him, I was just like, what what is he doing there? Like, why is he doing that there? And uh, okay, I didn't you know I paid him no mind. So I just you know I just went on and I. I continued walking and that's when I saw two other men, young men, you know, you could tell, you know, you could tell mm-hmm. it was kind of dark, but, you know, the, the moon was out. So there was an illumination of light. So I could see, um, but one of them had a hoodie on. Then I noticed that he had a gun, like, you know, I'd never seen a gun in real life, like mm-hmm. a pistol. So I, I kind of, I was, I was taken aback and when I, I was like just a, a few steps from them and that's when he told me to to stop so i stopped and you know i just i was i was frozen like i i just i i couldn't i couldn't even talk like i wanted to ask them what are they doing why why are they holding the gun you know but i the words just could not come out and um mm-hmm. that that's when he he told me we we want your phone to, 
he said in you know in swahili nataka simu yako and um, so i tried i fumbled and i was trying to get the phone i was trying to you know reach out, reach inside to get the phone and I, honestly i it, it was like it, just less than a minute less than a minute mm. like that day uh, i try not to relive it in my mind because honestly it just uh, it doesn't make sense because uh, the the young man with the gun the one who had a hoodie on got so impatient you know he got so impatient like i was i was fumbling like i was frozen like i don't know mm. i think until you're in that kind of situation don't ever judge what you know how you would react don't ever judge or how yeah. somebody reacts because you you never know because I, i i still cannot understand how I, i i was just frozen and i couldn't even get the phone out in time you know to give him and just mm. let him go and so that the, the next thing i knew was i just started seeing things in slow motion and everything just like i started losing consciousness mm. yeah i just remember falling back like i fell back because i didn't know that i had gotten shot i just i just started seeing things in slow motion and, and i remember you know speaking like inwardly and, and just asking god i was like oh my god something bad has happened like god please like i th- i think i told god take 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 me back take me back like i didn't want to feel what i was feeling in, in that moment and i was not feeling pain mm. like i don't remember feeling pain in that moment i just remember seeing mm things going in slow motion and that's just from everything going dark like everything just went dark as i fell back i, I remember before i lost all consciousness i remember the young man with a gun uh just stamping on my chest because he had shot me on the right side of my chest and i just remember seeing him, like his boot like stamping on me and you know asking for my mpesa pin number like he was just stamping on it and i think it took it took me just a few seconds and i just blacked out completely so after that i don't remember anything until um you know this this is what i've been told by my parents and my brother and you know some mm-hmm. friends and uh, so apparently when i blacked out uh, a neighbor of mine um his name is Nelly and i you know i i'm internally indebted to him uh, he came outside mm-hmm. because his 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 brother had gone out the shop so he was worried when he had the gunshot he was worried mm. you know that something was wrong and his brother was outside so so he came running out and when he came running out he found me lying there and you know he's like oh my god this is jane you know so um mm. so he you know he ran as quickly as he could and he went into our court our door like where our house was and he ran there and he started you know banging on the door and um my mom came out my dad came out and you know he told them what had happened that something was wrong mm. with me and so when my parents got there uh, they found you know a, a sea of people like so many of my neighbors had come out and they had you know they had put me in a sitting position because you know i was bleeding internally like they they, mm. they could not see any trace of blood so they didn't think i had been shot so they thought i was in shock so they were trying mm. to wake me up you know trying to clap my face a little bit trying to you know just wake me up i was put in the car and i was rushed uh, to the nearest hospital that is uh, the metropolitan hospital in aburuburu and uh, when i got there i remember i was wearing um a black sweater and so the bullet had been lodged inside the sweater you know because the bullet went through the right side of my chest it came out through my spine so at the back mm-hmm. so when i was uh taken out of the 
car onto a stretcher the bullet fell so when the bullet fell i think the doctor on duty panicked and he said no we cannot uh deal with a gunshot case so you you know you all have to take her to kenyatta national hospital so that's where that was our next stop so so when i got to kenyatta national hospital uh the casualty yeah. area is normally just full of you know all kinds of cases like people you know mm. with all minor ailments and when i got there um they, you know, they just put me on a stretcher and I remember, you know, my parents telling me that it took 16 hours, it took 16 hours for a doctor to attend to me. 16 hours from hours. the time you got yeah, there? 16 hours. Oh, wow. I do not know how I survived, but by the hand of God, you know, wow. I always, you know, I always tell people, God, he, you know, he kept his angels, you know, he charge over me mm. because there's no way. There's, there's no way I, you know, I was meant to survive that night. There's no mm. way. There's no way by any, you know, my, you know, any human comprehension like it, it, that took the hand of God. Because after 16 hours, yeah. that's when the doctor drilled a hole, um, on, you know, on the right side of my rib cage. So, so he drilled a hole so I could put in a tube catheter, so that mm. he could drain the blood that had, you know, was clogging my diaphragm. And when he so that hole is what woke me up. And I remember just waking up and wondering, where am I, you know? And I was yeah. in was so much pain. Oh, my God. I was in so much pain. And so the doctor asked my parents, this is so much blood. How long has she been here? You know, because he, he you know, he couldn't, he, he had not seen that amount of blood coming out from somebody bleeding mm. internally. And so when my parents told him, we, were, we came here last night at this time, and it was exactly 16 hours. And the doctor was like, no no it's impossible she should have been dead mm. within an hour with this amount of blood wow. in, in clogging her diaphragm so yeah i i you know i am a miracle to god be all oh, the wow. glory yeah yeah he, he oh, had a purpose Jane. for preserving my life that night yeah as much as it may seem and it is traumatic just hearing it um i mean there are details that i did know of that i'm amazed um but it's true that god really had covered you. Are you still in hospital? Do you have to go through surgery? Maybe take us through um, that time before you left hospital. So when they drill a tube, like when they drill a hole through your rib cage mm. for the internal blood to come out, so it's like uh, the tube catheter. It's like a, a huge, like a long tube that is connected to this mm. big jar. So I had to stay with that big jar. Like I think I stayed with it for two weeks. That's when the blood oh, wow. stopped flowing. Like that's when the blood that had blocked, that that had you know clogged my diaphragm mm. stopped flowing. My parents didn't want me to stay at Kenyatta National Hospital. I think the trauma that they had underwent that whole mm. night and the better part of that day, you know, just trying to get somebody to do something, you know, to no avail. Mm. Like I, I honestly sometimes when I think about. Like it traumatizes me to this day when I think about the hundreds, let alone thousands of people who have to go through what I went through just because mm. our health system is messed up. Like, so my mm. parents demanded that I, you know, I like I be transferred. So I was taken to Coptic Hospital. I remember when I when I got to Coptic and, you know, and I thank God because, oh my God, I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed by the love and support of my friends and family because I think everybody called everybody that they knew. My ex at the time, uh, Daniel. Daniel, uh, he was so instrumental in 
he just called everybody that he knew that i knew he called everybody that he knew and you know our collective friends and i remember when i got to coptic like there were so many people just waiting for me there so mm. many people just surrounding me and just you know just covering me and just i was so overwhelmed by love and um so at coptic i had to be taken to the icu and i was in the icu i can't remember how many days i can oh, i don't know i think it was like four or five days and i think that period you know it it puts into perspective that we, we you know we don't have to have god's answers to have his comfort you know mm. right right then i didn't i didn't need to understand why this was happening but god sent his comfort in a major way in a major way he used mm. people and you know we are his hands and feet and so mm. when god commands people to be a blessing to you that's when you know that god is with you and that's exactly what god did so I was in the ICU for uh, I think five days, and on you know the second day I was in the ICU, that's when I I you know I was taken into surgery, and uh, it's called a decompression surgery where they because at that time your spinal cord is swollen like you know because of the trauma and because I had uh, the gunpowder you know I had a lot of gunpowder in my spine, so uh, they had to go and take that out after the surgery. Um, so I remember the doctor. He spoke with my parents separately, and then he came and and he he came and and spoke with me, and uh, he told me that, you know, uh, Jane, we we did the surgery, and uh, you'll never walk again. That's that's what he that's what he told me so bluntly, like mm. so matter of factly, like you know, he 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 just it's like something he had said, you know, before to so many other people that you know, it was devoid mm. of feeling. I just remember him just uttering those words and I just looked at him and I was like, what are you saying? And I was like, you know, um, I told him, no, no, I, no, I will, I will walk again mm. because uh, God has the final say. I think that's what I told him. Mm. And, he, you know, he just, he just looked at me and he just left. And I think at this, at this time, I just want to, you know, I just want to emphasize that, you know, God is already standing in every one of our tomorrows. So do mm. not let man be the one to dictate or, you know, what you know whatever scientific mind you know because mm. i don't blame the doctor because i know that you know in his hand you know you know when it comes to science that's what he you know that's what he could see but mm. you know we learn you know we we have to learn to walk by faith and not by sight because what yeah. you know whatever your your eyes are telling you whatever they are showing you that is, that is not all there is to it at that moment, did you either get angry at God or, you know, just be like, God, why is this happening to me? I would be a hypocrite if I said I did not wrestle. If I did not, you know, um, I had so many hard questions. I had a lot of hard questions. Honestly, I, I, I couldn't comprehend how this was my reality. Like, I could not. Mm. I could not comprehend it. And, you know, and the Holy Spirit just showed up showed up in a big in a huge way i always tell people that the words of um psalm 46 verse 10 because when i was in the hospital room and you know at that time because i was i i, I couldn't feel from my chest down so i i was mm. basically paralyzed from my chest down because my injury level is um i know people may not understand these terms but it's it's uh t4 that's how the spinal cord is built these levels C level to T levels to L levels. So mine was a thoracic spinal cord injury at the 
T4 level. And, and so that meant that I was, I, I basically, I couldn't feel, I was paralyzed from my chest down. And, and, and so mm. in those initial days, you know, all I could do was just, you know, face the ceiling because I had to be turned, like the, the nurses had to come and turn me. And I did battle with God a lot. And, you know, and I just remember the Holy Spirit just whispering to me, you know, be still, be still. I know that I am God. Uh, yeah, those words, uh, those 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 words rang in my spirit at that time, and because all like like I had I had chronic insomnia, like I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat, I could not eat, I couldn't I couldn't keep anything down. In that moment, I just I knew that outside of God, this would crash and overwhelm me, and mm. so I knew that I had to I just had to turn to Him at, in that moment, you know. You know, when the word of God yeah. says that, um, <clears throat> don't I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? And that that right there was, I was in the valley of the shadow of death. Mm. And I think what I want people to understand is that where there's a shadow, there has to be a light that is casting that shadow. That a shadow just doesn't show up all on its own. And I knew that light had to be Jesus. And so I I, I had to find that light desperately. I had to cling in. I had to cling to it desperately because I knew that outside of God, I just, I just wanted to die. I, I, I couldn't comprehend a life where I couldn't walk again, a life where I had to be dependent on others. You know, I, I, I couldn't even do anything for myself at that point. Like that's how bad, that's how difficult it was. Uh, this is what I purpose to do because I say, you know, sometimes to get your life back, you have to face the death of what you thought your life would look like. Like what I had thought my life would look like. I mean, this was a complete 180. Like I, you know, I had dreams, I had plans, I had ambitions, you know. But, you know, I realized that God will use suffering to shape us, to mold us and make us even better prepared for our purpose. So maybe I was not living the purpose that God intended. I was not living his purpose. Maybe I was just, you know, walking through life, not living as God had intended. And so... um even even in that moment i knew god was in control and so i I decided not to lean on my own understanding you know in proverbs 3 uh is, is it 3 or yeah three, 5 to yeah, 6 3 5 to 6 says trust you know trust in god with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding so i so i had to trust in the lord i had to trust in him and i and i could not afford to lean on my own understanding because my own understanding was telling me oh my goodness look 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 at you now you are paralyzed like your life is over mm. you know so I had to trust in him and just put kick man kick my understanding out. Like I had to kick it to the curb. Like I I I, I could not lean on my own understanding. What my mind was telling me in that moment, what I was seeing in you know with my own eyes, like like my life is over. At what point did you decide to move um, to the USA? The first time I was in the hospital. I think uh, after like after two months, I was I was discharged home, and I remember being discharged and. I had all these pressure sores. They are called bed sores. I think that's the word back in Kenya. And so my mom basically had to be my my you know round the clock nurse. And I remember she, you know my my mom used to come and she would turn me every two hours because if you don't turn frequently, somebody who's paralyzed, then you risk them you know developing bed sores just i just became a baby because she did everything my mom and my sister-in-law and 
at that time my dad just you know he had he had a business running and he just he, you know he closed the business like he you know he had to be there like he he just nothing else mattered i i i i mattered and you know and oh, oh my parents are just they are everything to me and the, the, the first person who uh, brought the idea of the United States was uh, one of my pastors at the time. He's called Pastor Ben. Yeah, he now pastors a church in Nakuru. And like when I got back home, he came and he said, Jane, we have to get you to the United States. And I just remember looking at him, I'm like, what? At that moment, that, that was the farthest thing from my mind. Like I couldn't even, yeah, I was like, what is, what are you talking about? when I got back to the hospital again, because I had a pressure sore, I had, I had a stage four pressure sore and that, and by stage four, I mean, it was all the way to the bone, like in my sacrum, the sacrum is the area just below your spinal cord, just near the butt. And, uh, so I had a pressure sore that was so bad. It was a, it was a stage four pressure. sore. so I had to go back to the hospital and, you know, I had my second surgery. It was a flap surgery. So a flap surgery is when they, they take some meat from one area of your body so that they can fill in that pressure so so they can close it up because mine would not heal like that that's how bad it was so when i was uh back in the hospital after my surgery i remember just you know just lying in bed one day and uh, again daniel he came and he said uh we need to start looking you know for just like pastor ben had so, you know, he had suggested, we, you know, we, uh, we need to start looking for rehabilitation hospitals in the United States. And so we began, you know, just Googling and just finding hospitals. And I remember uh, we found uh, the John Hopkins Hospital. It's in Baltimore, Maryland. And then uh, there was another one, Harmon Memorial. It's in Houston, Texas. And uh, Baylor Rehab Center here in Dallas. So we, you know, we just emailed those three hospitals i think we emailed more than those ones but those are the ones that responded back john hopkins uh, especially uh, responded and um we started talking i remember at that time one of our our close friends his name is james muragori and you know he, he had uh, he had a conference and he flew to maryland and so as you know be, because he was in maryland it was just by, you know, I think it's called divine coincidence because like this, this was his first time to visit the United States and he just just happened to be going to Maryland. So he went to John Hopkins and, you know, he spoke to the guy that we had been speaking with and, um, you know, he was given all the information that he needed, the cost that, you know, how much it would cost and all that and um so when so when he actually when before he came back to kenya i remember uh the same pastor ben that i was talking about the, the one who suggested that we should you know go go to the united states for rehabilitation he had a friend whom he connected me with his name is david david karanja who's uh who's still i call him my brother to this day and so david was living in maryland and David had, you know, he, he was also living with a spinal cord injury. He had had, uh, he was injured when he was young and, you know, he had been on the wheelchair for over 20 years. So David got in touch with me and, you know, 
David was so, was so instrumental in my healing in, you know, in those initial days because David would call me and he would walk me through, you know, what to do, what to expect, uh, you know, just the highs and lows and all that. And so David, he, he gave James Muragori, our friend who was uh, in Baltimore for the conference, he gave him a wheelchair to bring back to me. Yeah, I, I I can just I, uh, oh yeah God I I don't know I I just you know I always say God is always true trustworthy and he's always mm. on time He knows exactly what to do yeah. and he knows exactly how to come through He knows exactly what you need You know there were these other two hospitals that we had also you know began corresponding with That was the Hammond Memorial in Houston and uh, Baylor Rehab Hospital mm. here But Hammond Memorial proved to be too expensive for us so. Mm. we settled for Baylor. I think God 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 chose Baylor for me because Baylor Baylor has been a blessing. It has happened up to this day Baylor has been a blessing. Like you're still on fire for God <laughs> even as in from when mm. I know you from university. Um like your faith has not been shattered. Um how do you say now it's been 6 years on? You know I think my faith has grown in in leaps and bounds. Yeah, you know, in God, I always say in Him, I you know, I I I'm I'm nothing outside of God. Like I have no identity outside of God. I just do not. If I was to separate myself from Him, I don't think I would exist to, to this day. I just I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't. And you know, He's my light and my salvation. You know, He's. He's been a strong tower. He's been, he's my everything. He's Adonai. He's, he's, he's Abba. Like he's my father. He's the one I run to when days are tough or when I can't seem to, to want to get out of bed. Some, some days, you know, he's, he's the one I cry to. He's the one I cling to. He's my everything. And so just like Paul, you know, sometimes I ask God, how long, how long is it going to take God? Like, I believe you're gonna get me out of this wheelchair, God, one day. But you know, some some days just being in God's waiting room, it is it is unbearable sometimes, you know, because life on a wheelchair is hard. I tell people it's like a prison that you you can't really get out of. It's like a prison that you know without a timeline. But we also need to understand that you know through the good, through the not so good, and even through the downright awful, we always need to trust. So I always tell God, I, I will trust you, God. I will trust you no matter how it no matter how tough it gets, no matter how it looks, I will trust you because that is what I purposed. On that on that first those initial days when nothing made sense, when not when I couldn't see the light at the end of this dark tunnel, God I I chose to trust you and you you yourself told me to be still and know that you are God. And oh boy, has has that has that really been a testament of my life? Like oh my God. God has shown me, God has showed up, God has covered me, God has carried me through. His grace has been more than sufficient. His grace has been enough. I I didn't think that that was God's plan for me at that at that time. And but I right now I see this is where this is exactly where God wanted me to be. This is where I wanted to to bring me. This, this I mean, I and He has. Oh my God, God, God has t- taken care of me. Jane, your whole life and your whole story is just 
asaman in itself <laughs> like this is a testimony oh, that is true yeah it's just truly you are truly a product of god's grace i'm so grateful and i'm so i i, I mean i look forward to the great things he's going to do through you mm-hmm. whether you're on a wheelchair or not um, i believe he will continue to fulfill his purpose in you i think it's uh, second chronicles verse, verse number 20 and you know it talks about king jehoshaphat and how god you know he told him you know you don't have to fight this battle this battle is not yours this battle is the lords so you know you 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 might be going through a battle right now because life is full of twists and turns and you know we you need to understand like that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places and so whatever is happening in the physical you know it has already happened in the spiritual so your battle is not in the physical your battle should be in the spiritual and 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 i think that's one that that's one of the first things that i had to understand in those initial days because i i had to like you know people don't people always you know they marvel when i told i mean when i tell them that my forgiveness was instant like i forgave i forgave without a second thought you know because i knew that that was the key to my own healing like if my healing was to begin then i had to forgive because you know and i and just like to tell somebody out there like you know your life can be going sm- along smoothly for a season then all of a sudden life throws a curveball and the things that you know you felt secure in all of a sudden feel shaky and uncertain and so to trust in god and you know i always i i i love that word trusting in god because it is so it may seem so simple but it has so much weight to trust is to believe in the reliability the truth in the ability and the strength of god so when it comes to you know you know when it comes to trusting god that means you know believing in his reliability believing in his strength that he is able he is able to get you from that pain he is able to get you from that loss he is able to get you from that uncertainty and so you know right now if you know if you're being sifted you know if god has allowed the enemy to launch you know a full scale attack against you because i call it a full scale attack because mine was just that mine, mine mine was a full scale attack you know god knows what he's doing he's not looking the other way and maybe this is the only way that he can get you to attend you know to the old so he can do something new and i always tell god you know i do not want you to restore me god i don't i don't want restoration i want to be i want to be made new i don't want to be the jane that the jane that existed before you know i want to i want to be made new in every sense of that word so i just want to encourage somebody to grab onto god for dear life you know give him full reign to remove anything in you that needs to go you know sometimes we stand to learn the most about god from the situations that we understand the least and i think that has been the case for me in these 6 years oh my goodness oh my god god has God has not only been a friend God has been my my lifeline he's become my lifeline I mean I was born again even before my shooting happened I was born again I was you know I was spirit filled but it's only when it happened and God walking me through all these 6 years this this past 6 years that I've been able to really really comprehend who he is
you so much, Jane, for sharing your life, for sharing your story, for sharing your heart, and just being an encouragement all over. I'm, I'm truly, truly honored and pleased to know Jane. And I'm sure you you were able to be so encouraged by you, her story. And if you were, please let me know. I would really, really love to know. Either leave a comment uh, below or you can send me a DM at Overcome Today on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter or an email overcome today podcast at gmail.com i'd really love to know your feedback and what you felt about the story and i can be able to also relay the same to jane so that she can also be encouraged um, through her ministry um, i've left all details that you need to know in the podcast show notes below um, if you'd like to support this podcast there's a direct link or if you'd like to even share your story whatever it may be um, the core of this podcast is that we share our testimonies to encourage inspire and empower so many through your stories and experiences and that's how people will be drawn to christ through our testimonies so if you'd like to get featured on the podcast there's a direct link below it's just a quick google form that will take you less i mean less than five minutes and you should be good to go all right guys and until next time bless